Welcome, friends, to the Wormhole Manifest podcast. I am your host, Matt, or just the Wormhole, and today's episode I am excited to bring to you a discussion with a recent acquaintance, a friend uh, I've made through Discord communities. Um, he is an amazing artist that has a really cool and interesting story. So I'm glad to finally have had the opportunity to get him on the show so we can talk about it. Um, Matt, also known as, or AKA, Cats Will Eat You, has been producing a different piece of artwork every single day for the last 15 years running. So we get into how that world record type of thing or streak got started and also dive into some other fascinating arenas and projects that he takes part in, such as music, animation, and streaming. Um, We get a nice perspective from an artist's point of view about NFTs and crypto. But don't let that turn you off to continuing to listen to this because I learned a lot from Matt and I think you will too. Even if you're not interested in cryptocurrency and all that stuff, uh, it's nice to at least know a bit more about it from this particular perspective. Um, We also talk a bit about his Metaverse project and several other really interesting things. So please enjoy this latest episode of the Wormhole Manifest podcast. On another note, if you like this podcast, please, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast and another review, or depending on where you listen, also on Spotify. Um, Every little bit helps, and I appreciate your patience with the frequency of the episodes as of late. Um, I have fallen back onto some issues with my mental health, and I hope I'm dealing with them better than I did years ago. Uh, as I've discussed in the podcast episodes uh, previously. So it's just taking me a bit longer to push out these episodes and to basically hang on to that motivation that I had when I first started this project, um, started this podcast. Um, I really do appreciate your patience, though. Uh, So any constructive criticism or reviews can definitely help with my motivation levels. And I they are highly appreciated. So anything you have to say, I would definitely love to hear it. Um, I want to keep this project going uh, and hopefully keep it at a reasonable frequency uh, so that you guys can enjoy it and just have really awesome guests that I have had so far or just like the ones I've had so far uh, so we can share new and interesting information with you all. So anyway, without further ado, here's that awesome conversation with Cats will eat you. Enjoy. Welcome everybody to the another fine episode of the Wormhole Manifest podcast. Um, today I've got uh, someone I've been meaning to get on here for quite a long time. Uh, just things haven't worked out, and um, now you're here. Um, everybody, welcome uh, Matt, or otherwise known as Cats Will Eat You, the 
artist. What's up, my man? What's up, man? Um, honored to be here. Um, I've had a lot of fun listening to a couple episodes of your podcast in the past and look forward to this conversation. Oh, thanks, man. That's cool. Was there anything uh, <laughs> that jumped out at you? <laughs> I've been trying, man. This is this is a different kind of thing for me, and it's just kind of trying to do a podcast is something I've done podcasts before, but just doing taking the reins and trying to do all the editing and making it sound really good and and all that is is different than just sitting down with some people and recording and you know so. But yeah, <laughs> anything you liked about it or is, uh, any critiques from an artist? No, it, it always artist? it always sounds good, and you're just a natural conversationalist, so I appreciate that. It's fun to listen to. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. So tell us a little bit about what you've been doing. Um, some of the things I've been reading about and that, you know, we're in the same discord servers and, you know, I've been following your artwork for a while and it's, and it's awesome by the way. And everybody should check out cats will eat you. Um, we'll do shout outs at the end and kind of get your links out there. So people know where to find you. But, um, the, the big thing I think that jumps out to me is is 15 years of daily artwork yeah <laughs> that is amazing yeah that's i mean that's that's the big thing for me that's my you know that's my lifetime project um i started in at the end of 2006 um wow just decided i was gonna try to do a drawing or some sort of artistic picture you know one a day and post it online and make sure I never miss that daily deadline just to kind of, you know, initially it was just because I had this desire to um, make a huge collection of work because it's just fun and fascinating to like look at artists that have done stuff like that, like Picasso and, and just other like great prolifics out there and to see how their work changes over time and then it, it just like, you know, maybe a year into it, it, I started to realize like how much better my art was getting because of it. And then it became just a lifestyle, you know? So yeah, now it's a part of, part of me. I think the interesting thing is that like, I haven't, I haven't known you this whole time and, and what I've seen just in the past like year or so year and a half that I've seen, you know, we've chatted on discord, uh, in the, in the reincarnation community. So shout out to them. Um, like the stuff I've seen, I don't know what the stuff looked like when you began, but like everything that you do now is just like, I'm like blown away by it. I look at it and I'm like, how does he do that? You know, like, and, and that's something about art to me is like when I look at something and it just like, I, I don't understand like how it's done or how it works. And you're doing all this 3d stuff and like VR stuff and, and just like sketches and like hand drawn stuff. It's, it's, it seems like you have a broad spectrum of like, uh, what they call it? like the, uh, like the format or the mediums. The yeah. Mediums. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I like to sort of explore new mediums, uh, you know, emerging technologies and just see, I find that, you know, pushes me into like, pushes me a little bit out of my comfort zone and then helps me like rediscover my own voice or like a new perspective on my own voice within it. Um, and hmm. so it's, 
to me that's where the exciting part is and then also like just like anytime you're doing anything that's um sort of bleeding edge with art tech you you're connecting with people a lot faster i found like it's just like people just instantly like oh i've never seen anything like that before how'd you do that you know like that's that's fucking rad yeah. like how how did you possibly figure that out and it's like um it's really just that that urge to to be on that to be an explorer in in the art world has kind of always driven me yeah and and that's cool i think that's something that most artists should i, I don't know if they should but i mean it just seems like to be well-rounded in all aspects of of art in itself is just like at least give something a try if you've never tried it before you know and it's like oh okay even if you don't like it you're like okay you can i won't do that or mess with that anymore but um i, I call myself a former artist sometimes because <laughs> i actually um went to college and i that's all i took was art classes in my first two semesters or three or four semesters, oh, really? i forget but yeah and I really wanted to make comic books. Um, I was, I'm a huge comic book nerd and, um, I used to draw all the time before I joined the military. So over 20 years ago, um, I, I, when I was a kid, I drew all the time. And then when I was a teenager, I used to draw quite a bit and I really wanted to get into making comic art, but I never quite was good at drawing like the anatomy and, and all that. So when I went to college before I joined the military, I started taking like the figure drawing classes and stuff, you know, and you're like using charcoal and you're like got a live new mo nude model up there on the little stage and you're like drawing the shadows and all that. And it was really cool. I did a lot of good work. Um, yeah. The, the, the reason I don't really draw anymore, and I don't know if you've heard this before or if I've told it on Discord, but like I had a huge portfolio of stuff even from when I was a kid and this huge leather binder and it was in a storage unit. And when I left the t left the city left my hometown to join the military um the storage unit caught on fire and m on like a floor above uh the floor where my stuff was and it just rained down all the sprinkler system came on and you know everything got ruined in my storage not everything but most everything and that was one of the things was my my portfolio um and i had huge pieces in there too that i did and all kinds of cool abstract stuff and notebooks and binders and all this stuff in there and then like it just kind of crushed me that i lost all that work oh, absolutely you know? yeah it was 20 years of of like hard work and it was all the thing was jam-packed i remember too it was like stuffed in there and had a zipper across the top and i just i had that thing full i'm like yeah that'll be good that'll be protected you know while i'm away yep. and now yep. i've got i've got you know piles of art and i there's there's times where we've moved and stuff and I've had to throw pieces away, but like there's, there's some art that's, you know, more sacred than others. But I understand that like having this like collection of stuff that you're proud of all of a sudden gone. Like when I was a kid, I collected baseball cards and I had like every, every Roger Clemens card when he, he was a fantastic pitcher at the time. And like, I lost them all. Like some, some kid took them from me on the bus. Oh, and uh, and then I was just like, I went from collecting baseball cards like every week to like, just never again. <laughs> just like, I'm done. I'm done. All that work is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's rough too. Cause it's like, I don't know. I mean, people keep telling me, oh, you should just start again. Just start, even if you just doodle or something here and there, you know, and 
I, I don't even really doodle, which is weird. Like, cause that used to be something like, that's how I got through most of my classes and in school and stuff. And, you know, I just sitting there drawn on a notepad and listening to the lecture or whatever and, you know, making doodles. But it's like, I guess I'm never really in a position where I'm sitting there, like listening to people talk and I have a notebook or something in front of me. So it's like, there's always some kind of other digital media thing going on in front of me that is catching my attention or I'm scrolling my phone, which, you know, takes up way too much time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> like, maybe someday you'll end up in a class again and with a notebook in front of you and start doodling. Uh, those figure yeah. drawing groups are great though, too. Like I, I was, if you look back into like maybe 2008 ish around, like I was heavy figure drawing during that time, like just really going to different groups every week. It was like such a fun social, oh, wow. social environment, you know, like, everyone's yeah. drawing the same thing. And then you take a little break and everybody looks at each other's work. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I was drawing, a drawing in figure drawing class and I, I was drawing the person's, you know, uh, the way they were standing, the pose that they were in. And I was drawing that. And then I, I kept messing up on like the head for some reason. And I ended up just putting a Spider-Man mask on the head <laughs> and my instructor came by and was like okay uh you're really into comics aren't you <laughs> like, yeah. yeah but but yeah that's cool so what's what what's some of the other stuff you got the 15 years so you started that and you've been doing a different piece every day and it's been evolving this whole time and and now you are still doing that like is it something still like every day that that one and then plus you're probably doing other stuff on top yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm always balancing uh like a few other like I've got like a check like a to-do list of things that I wanna accomplish beyond the everyday piece. I would say like seventy-five percent of the time or even eighty percent of the time I just have enough time to do my one piece and then I'm like, okay, it's bedtime. Cause I got I got kids, I got a full time job, you know, like it's it's yeah it's tough. But um but I have been like chipping away at stuff. Um, today we just opened a, a metaverse um, that I designed, you know, so I took, I built out uh, immersive environment for all of my paintings to be all my virtual reality paintings to be shown in. So I thought, I thought it'd be, so it's like a huge gallery, yeah, like a, like huge, a virtual gallery, sort of abstract gallery, um, just like, covered in my art so you're like totally immersed in sort of my world when you're in there and then there's like spatial audio in there so you can like if somebody's on the other side of the gallery you can't hear them talking but when you get close you can hear them talking and then oh, wow. um there's like a magic button in there when you stand on buttons like this giant sculpture shoots out bubbles from its third eye and like there's like a little oh, wow. dance party section and stuff it's super super fun we had we must have had I, I would guess 30 or 40 people in there today um just kind of jumping around in their avatars everyone was having a great time it was such a such a blast and so is this like part of the metaverse thing like that people they've been talking about like the i don't know if it's like owned by facebook or whatever or is this like a totally different thing? yeah no this is just like because i don't know a lot about that yeah so it, i mean metaverse is such like a broad term and like i don't I don't really know what it means to be honest like my definition um you know is sort of like 
you know, in, a, in an immersive world that you can join in with other people and hang out and have an experience in. Um, like a virtual reality um, social networking kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And it, maybe it's not even necessarily VR. You know, it could be like just like even like a, a group that's meeting, um, you know, over Zoom chat, you know, could kind of be like, like, oh. a, like a, anything that's like where there's technology, like connecting people in a new way, I think. Um, mm. Maybe that's what. Yeah, that makes sense. But like, yeah, no, this is nothing to do with uh, Mark Zuckerberg's. <laughs> um, you know, I actually, I actually listened like, Mark and Joe Rogan did a podcast. I'm not a huge fan of either one of them, but I listened to the whole thing <laughs> and I, I was actually very fascinated by, um, you know, Mark's thoughts on the metaverse and stuff. And uh, I I think it will be interesting to see how, how it all rolls out the next few years. But I, I think what we'll see is lots of different communities building little platforms where they can go and interact on. And that's that, to me. That's essentially what I did. Is I made I made a space where we can go hang and look at look at my art and talk about my art and have a, have a little fun. And I think having it in like a spatial environment just helps your brain make a memory around it. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. That, that makes sense because it's like like if you're meeting up with friends somewhere in the physical world, you like you meet up and go to a, see a concert or you know. Uh, a play or just go to a coffee shop, you know, meet up with a couple of friends like that kind of solidifies that memory in your brain. You're like, oh, yeah, I was at that coffee shop and, you know, Billy and Karen were there. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yep. It was that day. I remember that. So it just it it's there forever after that. Yep. So that's cool. Yeah. You're like in that little world. Um, is how do you access it though? I mean, it, you said it's not just VR. Like, is can you? Yeah, this get on like, like a browser and. Yep, this one's totally browser based. Br browser based. Um, yeah, you just you just launch it on your Chrome browser and put in the put in the password. You're in. Um, yep, and then you can walk around, look at the paintings, and then you can like all the paintings like link out to like the NFT site where they're available. Um, if, if, if they're for sale in that case. Um, so it, it's, it's cool. It's like a, yeah, it's, it's like, a, I, th I think we'll see like sort of the metaverse will be like the, almost like a, a web brick and mortar version of, of experiences mm -hmm. for like, like, I think you'll, you'll start to get like stores that have these sort of spaces that you walk around in stuff. Wow. Yeah, because I was reading something a couple weeks ago and they were talking about, I think it was talking about the, the other metaverse, the Facebook one or something, and they were going to build like complete virtual communities where you can like live and work out of and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, how does that work? Like, you're not really there. Like, do you not really have to have a house that you live in and just you just logged in all the time, like through this VR and like you live in this virtual world like all the time? they'll have us hanging up in like pods so in some warehouse, you know, and that's where we'll be living. It'd be like the matrix, yeah, you know, yeah. like <laughs> maybe we we'll never need to come out. <laughs> Hopefully we're not just adding another layer on and that's what we're doing now, you know? 
<laughs> yeah. But no, that's that's cool, man. Like it's it's it seems like it's like really inclusive too, and it's like a just a fun way to get, like you said, if the, if it becomes a brick and mortar or if people are selling stuff in this kind of format, then it's like people really be able to get to see basically everything, like products and how things work, and you know, seems very seems like a lot of directions it can go yeah. in to help it, it grow. It, and as stuff. an artist, like um, just having a, a gallery that I can step into from my house anytime and meet uh you know a potential person that's interested in my art that that's enormous because like a, a regular physical brick and mortar gallery you have like your art opening night where you maybe you know maybe you get lucky and you pack the place but you can only talk to yeah. 10 people right and then the rest of them are gone the rest of the time and you're you're not there at the gallery ever again and i a long time ago when I was in college taking art classes, I was invited to a few of those art openings uh, at local galleries in St. Louis where I'm from. But um, I remember walking around, they had the wine and the cheese yeah. and, you know, like uh, you get, I, I think I did talk to one of the artists, but it had like multiple artists in this one gallery and they were doing an opening together and it was just like jam packed. And I'm like, whoa, this is, you know, <laughs> but like doing something like that, doing it, like, you know, having your own gallery, like, that's awesome. Like really opens it up. So you don't have to have, you know, you can actually set time and meet with people and connect and, and get your information out about what the pieces are and, you know, what you went through to make them and yeah, you know, the creativity behind it and all that. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then also you meant, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> out, outside of the metaverse, I also just finished up a short film. So like a animated, oh. like a six minute little animated film that I made. And so I'm shooting that off to festivals, hopefully to have its debut here in the next month or two. Um, kind of been uh, a long, many multi-year project there. Um, I started a few years ago. Um, we have a composer friend that wrote a piece for a trio my wife plays viola her friend plays violin the composer plays piano and they wrote like a piece and then i just sort of reacted and built a narrative around oh wow around the music um and then you know he he spent you know maybe a few couple weeks writing this beautiful piece and then i took years to animate it and react kind of, <laughs> kind of a wow. lengthy process on on my side um but you know we've got it done now and it's i'm really proud of it it's one of the coolest things i've made and i'm, I'm looking forward to showing that to everybody soon is it going to have like a like a debut, like a release date or something like that? Or? Yeah, yeah. I think, well, we're, we're trying to find a venue that will let us have the musicians play to it live because oh. it's so tied to the music. And we've recorded the music to a click track so that everything can kind of get syncopated perfectly. There's lots of lots of moments in the animation that hit right on specific times and i think just having that sort of again it's all about having like a unique immersive experience like anybody that's at that yeah. 
you know, showing is going to remember it very well. And they're all in, if we, if we do that more than one time, every, every venue you do it in is going to be a little different. The music's going to sound a little different. The performance will be a little yeah. different. So I really, uh, we want to find a venue to sort of debut it that way. And then there'll be, there'll be places where that's just not logistically possible, depending on where like the projector is and where, um, people sit and stuff but i think i think that'll man. be really cool it, that, that sounds we've, awesome we've, we've, like, we've and we've done that in the past a few years ago with a previous film and we did it we just uh showed it in our house uh we had like 50 people crammed in my house and we you know oh, wow. this is a thousand square foot house tops and so <laughs> that was that was we like moved furniture out into the garage and like you know, made, made wow. room for people. And like, there was, there was people like extremely moved by that. People were crying and stuff. And it was like wow. such a cool experience. And then we brought that, we brought that into like a little local film fest theater situation and we won a prize that night. That was really cool. So, um, wow. Hoping to kind of make another round like that. It's been a while, but we're excited. So like, what would you say are the big differences between, what you did before and this new project that you just finished. Oh yeah. Yeah. The first, uh, was almost like I was taking pieces of animation that I had already done and was kind of like building around to the music that Tom wrote. Tom Thomas Lang is the composer. Um, we were taking, taking stuff that I'd already made almost using like my back catalog as like a big sort of source library and then finding other little pieces to kind of fill the gaps and continue the story. Hmm. So it wasn't, um, and it was all very two dimensional, basic minimalist art style, um, which I was big on at the time. And then, this new film was all like a huge, um, you know, three-dimensional set. I still, I still render it out to make it look more like a hand-drawn cartoon, but um, yeah, it's just a totally different software flow and, and workflow. Like I, I kind of like, this one's a lot more narrative driven. The other one was a little abstract. Oh, so like the, there's, there's like a story behind it kind of thing this time where you're going to be captured in that moment of what's going on in the animation along with, with the, the, the music that's going on. Right. Too. Right. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Um, on that note, do you, have you, I don't know if you're a fan of the band Radiohead. Um, yeah. They did, they recently did something along that line and it was to their amnesiac album. Um, but it's, available on epic games and it's kind of i don't know i haven't tried it yet i've just looked at images of it but apparently you can walk around kind of in a weird metaverse thing and you'll hear like some of their music playing in like you know as you walk by certain areas in the game and it's i've been meaning to try it um uh, because i'm a big radiohead fan um but i just haven't I did. I just haven't gotten the time to sit there and and go through because you can apparently like listen to like a lot of stuff that hasn't been released oh, cool. by them, like 
kind of like weird tracks and stuff, but it's like you're in a weird like a not just like a gallery, but like this weird little world. And there's all this animation stuff going on. That's like the uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Tom, Tom York's. He's the lead singer and yeah. guitarist of the band, and he does a lot of art stuff, too. And it's really crazy out there kind of stuff, but it's pretty cool. Well, a lot of that is like his art in this game. And it, it's I don't even know if it's really a game, but it's available. It's only available on a game uh, platform. Right. So like sort you of can download it. Immersive experience <laughs> that anybody that yeah. platform can experience. Cool. Yeah. And I, and I don't think it's like game, like there's like a goal, but there's like a lot of weird areas that you can kind of like get into if you like know where it is. Like you just have to explore and explore and explore until you find all the little hidden things and stuff. So it's it's really crazy. I've been meaning to try it, but uh, <laughs> I don't, it just made me think of that when you're talking about the uh, the other stuff. I'm, I don't know getting thrown off now i'm like thinking about music and yeah. art and throwing it all I'm like i, I want to like get i want to try all this stuff i definitely want to see if is your uh animation um gonna be available to see like online at all or is you just gonna do the live stuff at first yeah we'll do we'll do the live stuff a couple times and then i'll release it to the public for everybody to see that's cool i can't i can't wait to see that yeah i could give you a sneak peek <laughs> nice <laughs> cool um all right so all right you've done the the you're doing the the 15 year thing is that is that a goal to like just keep going like are you going to keep yeah. on going as long as you possibly can with that well as far as like so when we had our first child which was almost 10 years ago now um i was in the hospital and i was thinking like uh, how am I going to keep like, I don't know what fatherhood's going to be like. How am I going to keep this, this <laughs> streak going? Like I was already tired. You know, we haven't, we hadn't even had the kid yet. And, or, <laughs> and so I, I like started Googling like daily art streak, like who's, who's done this. And that's when I, I discovered, I discovered people. Um, it was, you know, the highest paid digital artist of all time now. Um, and he, he was popular at that time, not, not nearly as popular as he is now, but he was, it was, I could see that it was working for him and he had this enormous everyday streak. And I looked back and I was, I was like four or five months ahead of him. And I was like, I, yeah can't stop knowing that the you know this guy is this guy's gaining popularity and, and it's like it's working for him and my goal isn't to become you know famous or popular at it but like just just knowing that i had the lead on that and that yeah. i couldn't find a single other artist that had the longer streak i just couldn't i i can't imagine stopping like it would it yeah. would really take but you know like there's there's days where it's come close like when you like the day that you have a kid that that's a hard day to like get that update out um and or like a day where like there's a wedding or somebody or there's there's been like i had i had a really rough time in may my brother passed away suddenly and you know mm -hmm. like to, i'm sorry about yeah that. sorry to hear that um it's just tough to like there's there's 
life shit comes up and there's there's days where it's tough and i i feel like super grateful and super lucky that i've gone this far without having that sort of interrupted streak you know like there's going to come a time where if it's not my own death it's something terrible happens and i just can't get to it yeah you know well hopefully not anytime soon right, right. yeah yep. <laughs> yeah um you met, you mentioned that other guy that you you basically have the lead on um and ever since meeting you online i have noticed there's things there's people that i follow like on twitter that do different but kind of similar things where they have a streak going and it's like this one guy likes to photoshop paddington bear <laughs> into like movie stills like and it's he says you know photoshopping paddington into movie stills until I forget, you know, like, or every day until I forget. And it's like, it's every one of them is hilarious. I'm just like, you know, some random film, you know, and people are doing whatever. And he has the Paddington pose. So it looks like he's actually part of that image because he's like reacting to whatever's going on around him in the image. So it's not just a random Paddington bear picture doing whatever it's, it looks like he's part of the image. And I'm like, I, I crack up every time. There's another guy who does like he puts leather face into black and white photos or something. <laughs> and there was an, another person who puts something in the background of like his family's like vacation pictures and his wife never noticed. And then like <laughs> he's posting them. And then like I think finally she figured it out and was like, oh, my God, how long have you been doing this? And it's, it's just hilarious. This- you know, the people do that. The, the dedication it takes, though, I oh, think yeah. is what really is amazing, you know, like is what like what you're doing and, and doing, you know, every day, plus the other stuff, like you said, you know, taking care of the family and, you know, going to work every day and doing all that stuff. It's uh, it's it's far more than what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, I, I am uh, been super slacking lately and just not not doing much. I have been gaming. I started streaming again um, here and there, but. Uh, not the past uh, the past few days with the with my my kidney stones acting up oh, again. Yeah. And that's uh, it's freaking terrible, man. <laughs> okay, I, I, my doctor didn't even call me back today. I was supposed to like try to get in to figure out what's going on because it's it doesn't even it's not like not even hurting right now, and it wasn't hurting all day except for early this morning it did, and I'm like. What is going on? Normally, it's just like intense pain and you can't do anything about it until you pass the stone. But this is like tricking me out. It's like it it's like going to hurt for like 15, 20 minutes and then not. It's going to be like totally fine. I'm like, but I feel like I'm still in that little shock phase, like where I'm like, you know, I feel exhausted and worn out from suffering that much intense pain for a few minutes. And I'm like, what is going on? I got to do something, Yeah, you know, so yeah. I don't know. There's um, <laughs> one guy I wanted to mention um, with a crazy uh, back on the crazy streaks. Uh, Jonathan Mann, this guy does song a day where he's oh, he, and, and he uploads them to YouTube, like like with a video, like performing them. Um, and he's on like his 13 years now. And dang. His songwriting craft is so good now. Like it's, it's insane. Like he, like, I don't like 
every song that he does, but I really enjoy most of them. And that that to me seems like way more work than um, like my art streak. But we're we've become friends now and we talk and like he, you know, obviously, like from his perspective, that's like the easy thing to do. And, you know, maybe visual arts, not not his cup of tea. But um, I yeah, I think anything anytime you just like make it a habit then it and then it becomes easier after a while like it's like and i and i yeah you gotta i sort of see it as a at the end of the day it's like a privilege like wow i have i have this hour where i get to sit and create something like that's that's amazing wow yeah yeah absolutely that makes sense and it's like it is amazing when you, and you do have to like kind of build up that routine and that's almost with anything in life, you know, like things do get easier when you build up a routine. That's been my problem lately is I've thrown all routine out the window and it's just like living minute by minute and not really expecting what I'm going to be doing, you know, like a half an hour from now, except for, you know, like I, I do have a stream schedule up on my Twitch uh, and it says what days I'm supposed to days and times I'm supposed to stream. And I just don't even sometimes I get on like an hour before I'm supposed to start. Sometimes it's an hour later. Sometimes I just don't even show up and I'm like that it's, it's not gonna, you know, my other friends that are streamers will say that that's not a way to get like your following or, you know, because it's just like, you got to have that routine and they got to expect when you're going to be showing up if you're going to be doing something. But I'm like, the way I look at it is like, I'm not doing anything that cool anyway. Like nobody wants to show up in my stream. <laughs> the only time I want people to show up and watch me stream is when I'm doing the marathons for the uh, extra life for kids, uh, charity marathon, raising okay. money for the children's hospitals. That's which is coming up next month, beginning of next month, uh, exactly like 30 something days from now. But uh, I do like a, I don't do the 24 hour stream. Cause that, that kills me yeah. the first year wiped me out, oh my gosh. but the, uh, but I'll split it in the two twelves and that works out a lot better for me. And sometimes I do cross between PC gaming and an old console or some retro games and stuff to throw out there, just do something different. And then, you know, I, I want people not just to get on there and donate to the, to re- help me reach the goal, but like get in the chat and like help keep me awake. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to play these games and stuff, but, I, but yeah, it's, it's for a good cause too. So that's why I want to do it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I tried, I've tried streaming like maybe half a dozen times now. I only, you know, but like, like you're saying, like, I can't schedule a stream and then get into it. Like I, it's just beyond me for some reason. And then my, my approach to art is usually not very streaming friendly because I don't know which tool I'm going to use. Cause I usually kind of like, mm when you think about like an author, like typing a page and crumpling it up, throwing it to the side, typing a page, I have a few, I have a few false starts every single night. And like, sometimes it's like mm-hmm. I start on my iPad, I'm drawing something and I don't like that. Then I put that away and I'm going to go in VR <laughs> and try something else. See what, until something starts to click for me. And so I feel like from, if I'm going to stream, then I'm going to have to like have, all my options ready to go. And then that just becomes like a big hassle to like set all that stuff up. Yeah. 
I, I am, I don't know. I like the idea of streaming kind of more than the actual streaming, you know, like it's, <laughs> I like, I like building my scenes and the cut scenes and doing the, like the transitions, you know, like, and I've watched like hours upon hours of videos on how to make your stream look cool, you know, to, and then, but it's like, I, I did all this work and, you know, I, I say I'm not like an artist or anything, but like, I've spent like countless hours working on making my stream look cool with like, yeah. you know, the, the webcam frames and the alerts and, and all this stuff. And, and then when I get on there, you know, get on Twitch for like five minutes and I look at somebody else's stream, that's only been doing it for like, you know, not even a couple months or something. And theirs looks like completely like totally professional and like all kinds of crazy cool stuff. And they have like a million followers. And I'm like, <laughs> I just spent all this time making mine look, you know, okay, yeah. I guess, you know, it wasn't as cool as I thought it was, but, <laughs> but it's still fun. I like, I like doing it and I like, you know, it, as long as I'm having fun playing whatever game I'm playing and, you know, taking the time out to do that. And then recently there's been a few people jumping in the chat. So that kind of like helps too. Cause I can be like, Hey, thanks for watching, you know, <laughs> kind of talk to them a little bit in the stream and yeah. helps the time go by. And, you know, I've been kind of I'll just be sitting there like, what am I doing with this game? How do I figure out where I'm going? I don't know what I'm doing. Most of the time I play these games horribly too. And I'm just like terrible. I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to be doing here, but I, I, it's fun. I've fallen down a TikTok rabbit hole recently and I'll, I'll stumble into uh, people that are streaming on TikTok uh, sort of music performances, like just like a guy doing like solo guitar stuff in his room and then like passes the mic to his friend. They all talk about the song that they just heard and stuff. It's great. That's cool. I haven't been on TikTok too much. I started posting some of my stream clips on there and like they get a lot of views. So like that's a friend of mine who posts like the YouTube shorts. Yeah. If you do post YouTube shorts, those things like one of mine got like over 2000 hits in like the first couple hours. And I'm like, geez, like I should have been done doing this the whole time if I actually want to be a, you know, a gaming streamer or something, you know, yeah, it's all about building up that that that. uh a community, I guess, you know, and just getting a lot of marketing type stuff out there or just, you know, selling yourself basically saying, hey, come check out my stream. Here's this short clip on YouTube and, you know, this is what I'm doing, you know, or you don't even have to say that you just show you playing a game for like, you know, five seconds or 10 seconds or whatever it is, 30 seconds. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm kind of, uh, yeah, I, just trying to find again, like I view it as like it would be cool to sit in a cave and create all my stuff and like just have somehow it goes out there and people still see it. But like, really, like I just try to explore all these different social platforms to see, to see what people are digging on. And um, I'm having a lot of fun putting like my process videos up on TikTok. People are really reacting to that. Um, just showing them like, as I'm drawing stuff, how, how I, make the 3d models or stuff like people really latch onto that stuff. It's cool. Yeah, it is cool stuff. Um, another artist friend of mine, I don't know if you've listened to that episode. Uh, my friend Mario shout out artisan rogue. Um, he does a lot of stuff and been an artist for a long time and he's all over all the different platforms too. And I see him. I'll like, he'll, he'll post like a link to the TikTok on Twitter or 
Insta or whatever. And, you know, and I'll check it out. And I'm like, man, this guy is like, I, I don't think he sleeps, you know, like it's just always doing stuff. I'm like, but you know, it's, it, it's amazing how you can get all the stuff out there into the world, you know, and show off your stuff like art. Like, like I told you earlier, when I was in college, like there was, you know, it was the nineties. So like we barely had internet, you know, back yep. then. And it was like, <laughs> I was like, I couldn't even share that. So you had to do the things like the, the, the installations and the, and the galleries and, you know, things if you wanted to, to make it, you know, or, or do anything with it. Otherwise, you know, the, the term starving artist was really popular too. It was like, you know, all my friends that were artists were, you know, either, you know, I knew it was majority of the people that I knew that were artists that were kind of like artists on their own time and still work their regular job. And then there was some like I, maybe one or two people, I think, that actually did it full time for a job, you know, like and did some kind of art. And, you know, I, I think nowadays there's more opportunity for people to, you know, get their stuff seen at least, you know, get that recognition and then, you know, move on. But i I wanted to make comic books and I just didn't see it happening after yeah. losing all my stuff. And I, and I wasn't that good, you know, like I just couldn't draw. So I started reading more manga type stuff and kind of shifting the whole thing. I mean, I was always in anime and that's like my big thing still, you know, as far as, uh, I don't know, it just does something to me, you know, the, the stuff that I like to watch. Uh, and I still watch all the Marvel movies and all that stuff too, as far as like the, comics thing i never was really a dc fan except for um batman i guess <laughs> harley quinn yeah um but like as far as that art stuff i i felt that if i was going to do anything with art even back then it would end up being more abstract kind of stuff you know so like and then i was like i don't know you can't really make a comic with abstract art i guess you could but it would just be kind of different i don't know yeah yeah <laughs> But yeah, it's just a lot more opportunity, I think, now for artists. But I don't know. Like, what do you think from your perspective? Do you think people can? I know there's still tons of animation studios and stuff out there, and I don't know if they're hiring, but <laughs> I'm sure they got to have, you know, a, a lot of people to make their product, you know, get the stuff out there. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 lots of opportunities to like sort of make art as, you know, marketing for other people, for sure, like you know, there's motion design jobs, animation jobs, that sort of stuff. Um, and, and I think like what you're saying though, like we're seeing now is opportunities for artists to actually make money doing what they love, which I, I think, I think that's, that really hasn't happened until, um, sort of these, the YouTube and the Instagram kind of change change the shift where people could like build an audience and then all of a sudden advertisers mm -hmm. are paying them to do what they naturally do and then now obviously yeah. with um you know web3 crypto stuff allowing people to like have a new way to kind of connect to a different audience and um actually sell things that we couldn't sell before there was no way to sell digital art before you couldn't you couldn't just give somebody a file that they can copy but now we can you know put it on the blockchain and claim it's scarce and people can prove that they own it which is that that to me was like 
huge eye opener a couple of years ago because I had people for years asking me like, hey, how do I, I really love this animated GIF. Can I buy that? And I'd be like, you can buy it, but I don't know how you prove that you own it. Like, you know, like you hear, have the file. Yeah. You have the file now. What do you, what do you do with that? You put it up on a screen. What do you do? And so um, once I finally started wrapping my head around NFTs, I was like, this is going to be really, really cool for artists. Yeah. I want to find out more, we've talked before online, but like, I want to get into a little bit about that. Uh, And if you could kind of help me understand that, um, let's, let's take a quick break. Sure. And then we will uh, start off and, and, and dig deeper into that so that I can, maybe we can even help some of the people out there that, that may listen to this show, like understand what it is. We can certainly try. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) we can try. Alrighty, everybody, uh, we'll be right back. Uh, hang in there. Okay, well, we're back, everybody. Thanks for hanging in there. Um, back here with uh, Matt. Cats will eat you, <laughs> the artist. Uh, um, this would be part two of that conversation uh, where we, so the last half folks, if you just, well, I don't know if anybody ever really just tunes into something. Cause it's not like I'm on live <laughs> air, you know, like remember back in the day, they're like, if you're just now tuning in, then uh, this is what we talked about in the first segment, you yeah. know, like <laughs> then go through the line. I've been taking notes by the way, which is something I normally don't do. And then I have to listen to the whole podcast. Like, like several times over to okay. like make my notes to do the detailed little explanation. And I'm like, why don't I just take notes while we're chatting? But it's so hard once you get into a conversation to think, oh, I need to make a note of that, yeah, you know, yeah, like <laughs> for sure. But I've been trying this time, just little quick things, you know, in my little Google Drive, work. Google document thing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, folks, if you're if you're if you're just now tuning in, I'm here with Cats Will Eat You, the artist who uh, has a 15 year streak of doing a, a piece of work every day. Like, and um, we've talked about different mediums, the his uh, metaverse gallery, uh, you know, an animation that's coming soon that has a musical backing and. Yeah. <laughs> And all kinds of stuff. And where we just left off, you started to get into uh, talking about the Web3 and the NFTs. And I think a lot of people out there have no idea what that is, or they may hear, you know, NFT, that's a non-fungible token. And then they'll make some kind of quirky joke about how it's going to be like, you know, Pokemon cards or Beanie Babies or something. But it's it's really not, you know, it is a different element in itself. But uh Let's pick up where we left off. You yeah. were you were starting to go. You were talking about where what you were learning from that and about selling your actual work like online digital stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, w- I would say like well, if we go back to like 2018 was probably the first maybe maybe even a little probably probably 20. I I don't know what year I I got into like buying crypto because they put it in the cash app. They had like easy access. You could buy Bitcoin. And I was like, okay. And me and my bandmates were using cash app to pay each other for the recording for like our, our practice space. And so 
I was like, oh, this is a way for me to like take the 20 bucks my friend gave me and just quickly turn it into a Bitcoin investment. And like that, that investment number was never high. Like it was like maybe, maybe after a couple years of that, I had like a hundred bucks or something like in, in Bitcoin and it never went anywhere. And then, um, I had like an art platform approach me back then that maker's place was like reaching out. They were like, Hey, we're doing this crypto art thing. Um, we think you'd be a great launch partner for us. And I was like, that sounds like a scam. I'm not going anywhere near that stuff. And I turned them down. And to this day, that still like haunts me. Like I could have been like really at the forefront of it, but like, I, I just, I just didn't, it just couldn't wrap my brain around it. And then, um, it was late 2020. I started hearing, hearing and seeing more artists like getting into NFTs. Um, this was before things really blew up though. And, um, finally like it clicked for me, like, Oh, the art gets sort of like encrypted onto the blockchain and the metadata of your JPEG will be on there forever and somebody can buy that and then the blockchain can prove that they own it and i had several misconceptions about like what the tokens were like i thought i thought my jpeg like all the info all the pixels were also being stored on in the token which is not the case the the token really stores the metadata and then it makes a reference to wherever your file is stored. So that could like, hopefully it's on like IPFS. So it's like, you know, somewhat reliable and it'll be there forever, hopefully. Hmm. But, um, you know, so I kind of ran with those. I ran with the, like a couple misconceptions for a long time, but I still loved the idea of, um, just like a provably scarce digital asset that somebody can own. And then anybody can look that up and see that that person owns it. And that has a great, there's a parallel to that in the traditional art world, which was just certificates of authenticity that came with that you sell with Mm, your art. Yeah. And to me that this made even a little bit more sense than a piece of paper because it was universally agreed upon um, by the by the blockchain, like just the nature of everybody having access to the same exact information and nobody being able to manipulate that information. So as long as it was a fact when it started, um, I will re- yeah. you know, like you could obviously like I could say like, oh, this is a Picasso. It's for sale. And the the data would say that, but it's not necessarily true. But so as long as, as long as we can all agree that um, the data is correct in this case, you know, like I can, we can prove that I made like my wallet made the NFT. Therefore it came from me. I'm saying it's for me. And then, and then we have every transaction that ever happened after that um, is, is totally transparent and anybody can look it up and see yep this person has so how 
how does someone look up something like that? Like if, if you're like, you know, if you're brand new to this or barely even yeah. use the internet, you know, and you don't even really know what a JPEG or, or, you know, a PNG or a GIF or any of that stuff is. And you're like, Oh, I really like this piece of art. How do I get that? You know, like a lot of people I think would think that, well, I'll just buy a print of it or something. But like, if you want to own the original piece of artwork, you know, physically, then you would have to, you know, go to a gallery or go to, wherever that person has it for sale, even if it's online, you know, but like they, how would they even verify that? I guess is another question, you know, like if you have a physical piece of something, you know, <laughs> it's like nothing. It's almost like we are already in the matrix yeah. and we can't verify anything because yeah. even if I go to Walmart and buy a new Optimus prime toy, you know, it's, it's not the only one there's a million of them. So like, did I even really go there? Did I even buy that? Like, is it sitting on my shelf right now? Like, <laughs> right, right. Well, and, and is it, is it yours? Is it like, what makes it yours? That's, that's like, what gets me is like the whole, right. is any of this stuff, my whole concept of ownership is like, someone said this the other day, I thought it was great. Like ownership is like a collective hallucination. Like we're all like, just agreeing upon it like oh yeah that's your house you live in you got the deed that that's what makes it yours but like yeah really what you know <laughs> none of this stuff is ours but you know i guess technically um you know if you want to buy like an nft from an artist i would you know check with the artist see where where they're selling work and just um and then like sites like OpenSea, um you know, the biggest mm. market there is for NFTs. Um, they have like a verification process where they'll give you like a blue check mark if, um, you know, but it, it's, it, that's also a little bit bullshit because like I, I, like I was there earlier and I had a blue check mark and then they took it away from me because I don't have enough followers, you know? So it was like, you have to be at a certain level of popularity where people even um, can qualify for Jeez. verification, you know? And yeah. so, uh, you know, it's a little bonkers and you have to go through some red tape to, to get that check Mark. Um, but yeah, that I, I would say too, like, you know, in that sort of chaotic year of the, of the bull market, there was lots of, you know, artists that weren't aware crypto art was happening and their art was being minted by total strangers and people oh. were buying pieces that they thought they were buying from the artist and then it didn't, you know, didn't pan out for them. They were like, oh, this actually, this artist hates crypto. They're not doing NFTs. Like I bought this from a total stranger, so it's not actually minted by the artist. But that's Man, really that, that really sucks. Also, really <laughs> interesting when you think about the ownership too, because like, if you love the art, you're still getting the same file from somebody else. But the yeah. so really like at the end of the day, you're you're buying the token, and the token is what's valuable because it actually says that the artist did it, you know? 
It's insane. So like the token itself has like the information about the piece and like, um, like kind of all embedded into that token. Yep. Is that kind of, yep. and so, and then, and that's, what's verifiable on the blockchain because the, the ledgers and all that stuff, it like all points to the information on this is the owner. Like that's if they're, you know, they had that token in their wallet, which is, you know, you got to go through leaps and bounds just to get a wallet, you know, it seems, yep. and you got to like have a seed phrase and all this stuff and you have to keep it super secure and, you know, make sure nobody hacks you and all yep. this stuff. It's like, and there's, there's, there's you know. like, there's like easy solutions for that stuff now too. There's, I mean, there's, there are obviously like third party solutions, like uh, they call them like custodial wallets, like, like makers place, one of the platforms I'm really happy to be a part of um they build you can go on there create an account with an email and a credit card and you can buy your stuff in usd and just keep it in your account with makers place and i don't think you need to really have your own sort of crypto wallet that you're there you're, you're just oh. tr but then you're putting the trust in them they're going yeah. to stick around and that you're always going to have access to them. And I think part of the spirit of crypto and web three is to like, actually, actually own the stuff that you own, own the responsibility of maintaining it and hanging on to it. Hmm. That's really interesting. Like, I don't know if I fully get it yet, yeah. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll keep working on it. Um, like I don't, I don't see myself, I, I don't really buy anything, you know, like these days. I mean, I don't even like sometimes it, for some reason, like even video games, like for video games, like I, I'm on steam and I'll like buy a game that I can download and I can always download it, but I like to have that physical copy. So like you can see back over here is all my PS4 games on a shelf, you know, like, but I can be on the PS4 and I've got this like three year account with PS plus or whatever premium and I can download and play tons of games from their archives, you know, and I'm like, but I, you know, so I, it's cool that I can play the game, a game that I may have not played yet. I wanted to try like a long time ago or, or something. Cause you can even access some PS three and PS two games, I think yeah. on there, but like the, the thing, the thing that's cool is you can access those things and play them if you've never played them and just to get a quick try you don't have to spend but i'm i'm in my heart i'm a collector yeah. so like that's why my garage has like a huge wall <laughs> shelf that has all of my anime dvds you know and then i've got like boxes and pawn boxes of comic books and you know like it's I would almost be better off just doing things digitally because I could kind of lighten the burden of if I ever have to move, you know, I've got to have, you know, a bunch of really strong people <laughs> don't have a bad back like I do to haul these damn comic book boxes. I've been hauling around for the past like 25 years, you know, like yeah. I hate moving just because of that. Now I've got like tons. I've still got boxes upon boxes of VHS tapes, Ooh, wow. you know, that I bought back in the like nineties and stuff, you know, like, why do I keep all this crap? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just too much. Let's all just go digital and, you know, let's wire ourselves up into the matrix and, you know, walk around virtual worlds and <laughs> visit people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Know. It's weird. But like, I think even when I, when I first got into it, I didn't plan on, I didn't plan on collecting 
myself. But then like, I think I wanted to, I just wanted to try it right away just to see like what the, what, what's the process like from the buyer side after, after I sold one, I was like, okay, like what's this, how does this work? Like, what's that like? And then, um, you know, I felt like, I felt like I supported an artist, you know, you get like a public thank you from them and then like you got it in your wallet and then it's like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. Like I'm, I'm supporting the arts, you know? And, um, and then now, you know, I've, I've got lots of NFTs in my wallet now, you know, it's great. (laughs) Um, and I don't, you know, for the most part, it's, it's, I look back at it and it's a collection of memories of artists that I've got relationships with, you know, there's, there's a couple pieces I bought impulsively that I thought would like, Oh, that's going to be valuable soon. So I'm going to buy that. And it just never worked out for me. So I, I stopped doing that and I started just collecting art from other, you know, sort of emerging artists that I think um, need to support yeah. now. And um just looking back it's just like looking back at photo memories it's just stuff i love yeah that's cool and and i'm all for like supporting artists supporting local artists supporting local businesses you know small businesses things like that you know and um i i we try to my wife and i try to decorate our living room i used to uh, for that brief time, I was like a bachelor. So I had like, you know, comic book posters and anime po- poster wall scrolls and stuff up in the house. But since my wife and I uh, have been together, um, we've decorated our living room, living area, mostly just with uh, art that is original art from people that like we either know or have met or, you know, have seen and just like really liked. And so like, that's kind of like the thing. It, it's our theme for the except for my bathroom door, I had to put a poster on there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this wall over here, you can't see, but it's got some original art pieces cool. around it. And, and, and it's like, you know, it's just cool to now my bedroom on the other hand, just that's where I've moved all the anime stuff. So it's like all over the room is just anime wall scrolls and, you know, my favorite shows and stuff. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, that's, it's, I, all the people listening to this support artists, support local artists, go to art shows, go uh, see, you know, if you like stuff, then get it. You know, if it's support these local artists, they spend a lot of time doing this stuff and creating and creating. And uh, um, if you buy something at like a street art festival or something like most the time that's unless it's a print that's going to be the original art piece you know that they're selling right there and you'll be the only one to have that so like throw it up on your wall and that creates that story you know it's like i met that person and you know if you try to look them up and see where they're at now you can be like wow you know and it's like i think that's a cool aspect too is like if you do buy something from an art artist before they become like famous or something you know like and then you have that piece and then later on you know like you look them up like you 10 years later and you see all the crazy cool stuff they've been doing. And you're like, ah, look, this guy's doing all kinds of cool stuff. So it just makes it cool. Like life is better with art anyway. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I have found too, that, um, you know, I've like with the people that have collected my work since I started selling NFTs, it's probably about 
50-50. Now it's probably leaning a little bit more towards people that actually want my art. But like early on, it was like half people that probably didn't even give a shit and wanted <laughs> and saw it as like an investment opportunity. Like I'm going to flip this, you know, quick. And then, you know, they're now they're sitting on it a year later and my value hasn't like skyrocketed. So they're like, what, 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 what did I do wrong? Um, but <laughs> It, you know, it's just not the way that the art market's going to work forever. Like, it's not just going to always go up. Like, it's just, there was just like an insane mentality happening. And then, but I am finding that the people that actually, actually wanted the art would, would like a physical item in their house. And so I do a lot of that too, where I pair um, the NFT, you get the NFT and then you get the physical item. There is like, you know, some people see that as sort of like a liability then where they have this physical item that if they want to sell the NFT again, they need to include that and mm. keep it in a good condition. So then it becomes more like, you know, like a like a comic book where you got to get it yeah. graded and make sure it was actually done by, you know, not make sure it's not a counterfeit or something, which is right super interesting taking it to those guys from like pawn stars you know and they're like sitting there trying to like i gotta bring in my friend if you don't mind and and they're gonna like come in and take a look at it and just verify that it's you know, yeah <laughs> which is it's, it's like super interesting in thinking again about like having something that's purely digital then there's then it's always in mint condition you know it's always it's always that file which is kind of yeah. cool yeah that's that definitely is true like it's not gonna degrade over time like a like a fine painting or you know even like a photograph you know sometimes the stuff just light exposure and kind of starts wearing it out or too much sun on a on an image can you know uh get it all faded and stuff you know yeah. so man so that's interesting i'm i'm trying to Hmm. The whole the whole crypto thing, but now that you've explained it the way you have there, I know that there's people out there buying up tons of stuff because they think this is going to be worth a lot, like in another month or two or something. And I can, like you said, you can flip it and make that, you know, take that initial investment and, you know, profit off of it or whatever. And I think now that I, now that you've explained it the way you did like with nfts and artwork like you are basically investing in a part of your collection and if you keep it and it's worth a lot you know a lot of times even when something i know i have tons of comics that are that are probably getting up there but i don't want to sell them <laughs> like you know it what I still, what am I going to, I mean, yeah, I could definitely use the money right now, you know, like I can always use the funds, but, uh, you Let know, it's, them. it's just, it's hard to part with things once you've, you know, I haven't even looked at my comics probably in like 10 years. So it's like, but I still have this like attachment to them, you know? Yeah. But when, and I, when you bought them, you probably weren't thinking like, this is the one that's going to be worth a ton of money someday. So I'm buying this. Some of them I was, you know, like first first editions yeah, and stuff, yeah. you know, like first issues of some new sh like new stuff that was coming out that like 
from a new, like a newer uh, studio and they were starting off and they were getting really hot at the time, like image comics. I don't know if you know them. Like that's that was like, like my uh, era. Like I, I briefly collected comics. I was into specifically Batman comics. And then when image comics came around, I was like getting into that a lot. And I had like, I had like the first issue of spawn, I, you know, like, Create stuff that I really should have kept, but I I didn't. I let it all go when I moved out and went to college. <laughs> I still got mine. Anybody want to buy a Spawn one? <laughs> I think I have all of them for like uh, up to I don't know where I stopped collecting. I kind of stopped collecting maybe before it was before my first kid was born. So that was sixteen years ago, but. It was probably even before that, probably 17, 18, 19 years. I just kind of stopped buying them. I would buy onesies, twosies here and there, you know, if something looked cool. But I was like, I just wasn't full blown into the collecting of them. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to find the ones that I'm, you know, really want, you know, <laughs> and it's like the ones and I don't have the money to buy the those ones that, that are really expensive. And then. I'm like, I'm just going to hold on to what I have for now, you know, and then maybe pass them down to my kids yeah. or something, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. And I hope so. people like look at art in that way is as, especially with the NFT thing, like as something that, because a lot of times an artist won't have value while they're alive and maybe their genius will be realized, you know, many years in the future but it's something that you can pass down to your kids um yeah i wonder how many different um i don't know i'm missing the word but like you know how we've got we've got the web and it's like now you can get pretty fast internet just about everywhere except for like some of my customers like that live out in the boonies that <laughs> i can barely connect with their like DSL service or something they're still barely getting and it's like I don't know but most places web is easily accessible and the speeds are getting faster and faster all the time um I wonder what it's going to look like in 20 you know 20 to 50 years it's it's with fiber and how they've got basically gone from like dial up you know <laughs> to like super fast always on connections and stuff and with you know through copper and cable and now fiber and all this stuff it's like what what are we gonna do i mean we have like wireless some towns have like internet like a whole town yeah. i think there was a town in texas i was reading about that has like if you just live there you get like free internet like in town you just connect it's like a wireless connection you just but I, I wouldn't like that. I don't think I like to have a line coming to my house and dedicated, yeah. you know, IP address and, you know, <laughs> go out. But I don't know. Wireless is just as fast as wired almost yeah. nowadays, even with mobile and with like now we're on 5G and all this stuff. So it's like, what is it going to look like? So those people that have the NFTs, you know, 50 years from now, you know, what is that blockchain going to look like? Yeah. You know, if you're looking at like a, topography like diagram of you know all the different nodes that are everywhere and everything that's connected and the servers and whatever it's like 
So hopefully everything's going to be still trackable, you know, like I would imagine it would right. be. Like, yeah, but-, but some of these, I mean, you know, I've got stuff on Ethereum and I've got stuff on Tezos and I've got uh, some NFTs on Binance Smart Chain even. like, And, you know, like odds are like one of those chains is going to go away someday, you know. So yeah. like what happens then? Do we do we have like a time where we realize time's running out? We're going to like sort of wrap these old tokens in a in a new token and that becomes like what's carried forward. And I think like mm. honestly, like when I started jumping into that, this I was I was like sort of paralyzed by the because I didn't want to break up my collection of work. I wanted it all coming from you know, one sort of marketplace, one sort of all on one coin, all using like the same type of language to describe it. But I, I, you know, after a few months of like research, I just gave up and decided that was like probably a bad approach to actually selling my work because the collectors are all over the place right now. You know, they're all on different, they all have different preferences of the marketplace they buy from and the type of, the type of coins that they use. So um, I started spreading it out. And like, I hope, you know, hopefully in the future we can like organize it and get all the collection under one roof or something, but we'll see, see who knows. Yeah. Or it may just be like anything else that you invest in where you have to like diversify everything just about, you know, got to have a little bit in every, you know, like stocks and stuff. Like you got to have a little bit in every different, you know, multiple different companies or, or investments just to and just sit back and keep an eye on it every once in a while and you know hope it's doing well but like even with an investment like artwork it's like you would have to you would want to make sure you know like where it is you know and if like a if a, a blockchain or a network like drops off you know the face of the earth and like doesn't exist like there's got to be some kind of migration technique or something you would think that they would develop a policy that would you know you could claim your ownership saying like this look that was my asset you know i want to transfer that asset to you know this network or whatever you know hopefully they'll develop something like that so people can you know not just lose it yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure there's um i mean there's like right now there's this guy uh that created club nft like an nft backup service that um you know will uh take take all the data down and save your jpeg with it all the versions of the jpeg that are um i forget there's like some crazy crazy encryption that happens when the token is made that actually changes your jpeg a little bit in the way it's in the way it's stored and this guy's you know realized because of some of the marketplaces that came and went in the early nft days and some of his some of his nfts got broke and so like oh, you know like and there's no way to like reconnect the the old image and so now he's you know raised a bunch of money to create uh an NFT backup service for people so that people can kind of be responsible to like run the backup, download that, and they have everything necessary to restore it to, to IPFS themselves. Like, so if, if you're running a marketplace and 
storing your images on an Amazon web server somewhere and then your marketplace goes bankrupt and you stop paying that Amazon bill, like, mm. you know, right now, potentially all those, all those JPEGs that those tokens are pointing to, th those JPEGs go away and the token points to nothing. And so, oh, broken link. Like, yeah, yeah like, exactly. <laughs> then, and then, Error 401, <laughs> you're like, yeah, <laughs> trying to go to a website and it's like, it's not there anymore. What the yep. hell? And so um, right now, I mean, there is a solution out there where this guy, this guy's found a way to, uh, you know, back up your Ethereum and Tezos NFTs and toss, toss them back up if, if those, if the marketplaces go under, which is kind of cool. Um We'll, we'll kind of see where this stuff evolves into the future. And obviously, like if you were able to like store all the data on the chain, um, like every pixel, uh, that wouldn't be an issue. Then you then you only have to worry about the chain surviving. Hmm. But and isn't there like there's that um, people have like tokens in like cold storage or whatever they call to like where it's like a like a little actual physical asset, like a USB thumb yeah. drive that has like an encryption on it. So nobody can crack it. But if you plug that into your PC, you can transfer like your tokens or assets or whatever over to that. Like somehow, like I wonder if you would, I guess then too, like you'd have to plug that in. If you ever want to access it to use it, you know, you'd have to plug that in and then it would have to verify across the blockchain to see if, you know, well, to make sure that it's actually yours, but I don't know if you could do that with NFTs. Too, yeah, the, or something. The hardware like wallet, like this was this was one of the hardest things for me to understand. The hardware wallet is actually really almost like more of a hardware key. Like you're like when I put my if like if I just move Ethereum or NFTs onto my cold wallet, cold cold storage wallet, like. They're not actually going on to that device. That device is just like helping me like an extra step mm. of verification. For, like another layer of encryption that's Yeah. Wow. But yeah. then but then I unplug that from my computer and everybody can see that I've I've sent it to this wallet that you know can't be accessed, but they they know it's mine and they know I have X, Y, Z. They, they know I have those NFTs or I have that Ethereum on that wallet. And, hmm. but I can actually lose that piece of hardware and get, get my files back just by oh. knowing my whole seed phrase. So it's really like, oh. it's just like an extra, extra level of protection but it's not um not oh, actually okay. on that wallet only you know it's crazy yeah it's still out it's there still on the blockchain like, <laughs> yeah just like everything like you can't like go on the internet like i tried to explain this to my kids you know like if you put something out on youtube like even if you take it down like technically it's still out there somewhere you know yeah. like if you go to run for president someday there's a server out there that has this information and they can dig it up on you and find anything, you know, like if you put something, even a tweet, you know, like you tweet something, you know, it can be dug up later, you I, know, like somewhere. Yeah, I had joined, 
Facebook, like early days of Facebook, when you had to like tell me what university you were going to. And I had one for like a few months and then I quit for, you know, deleted the account, quit for years and then came back, um, you know, years later, it seemed like almost when it got to the point where it's like, oh, you don't have a Facebook, what the fuck are you doing? And, you know, like come in, logged in again and all my stuff populated back. And I was like, what? How is this? How is this stuff still here? Like, why are you guys yep. keeping it? <laughs> right. It's like, well, you know, once it's on the internet, it's just there. Like, yeah. And you would think it would take like, you would, you would think they would go through accounts and, you know, just like they do with the old email addresses and stuff. Like you would think they have like, once your email inbox, like if you never check it for like 10 years, you know, and you never access and you even, you know, whatever, it's like, it's, it's crazy. I mean, but I do, I have email. I have, I have my original email, like still, it was like a hotmail account or something from like 95 or something. And it was like, you know, I go on there and eventually it, it, I used to be able to see all the way back, but like, there's something, you know, I guess, cause Hotmail is part of like Microsoft okay. and, you know, they eventually go in and they start cleaning out stuff after a certain amount of time, especially if you haven't accessed it. So you would think they would do that with everything, even like social media accounts. But I think they just have these servers and these big, huge farms of servers that are just, they're about as bad as me. They're probably, they probably have an IT guy that's like me that initially started and like, don't delete anything ever, (laughs) you know? And it's like, that's why I have multiple versions of different, you know, movies or anime series that I've, you know, downloaded on my Plex server or whatever. But like, I've got pictures from way back and it's all unorganized. And, you know, I, I just, I'll copy that stuff to a hard drive and, you know, take it out of the computer and put it somewhere, you know, and just store it. And it's like, you know, every once in a while, there's been a time where I'm like, I want to go back and look at something that I had from a hard drive on a laptop, you know, 15 years ago. And it's like, I, I try to, you know, hook it up and stuff, but it like won't work. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, cause I, maybe I dropped it a few times yeah. or something that, that old hard drive, but yeah, um, I was building like websites in the late, 90s you know for my for my bands like in high school like i was like and that it was like with angel fire and like that stuff is still out there in like in the wayback machine you know you can like find it and like (laughs) and like oh my gosh like somebody's somebody's still storing this stuff that i definitely haven't paid a storage bill for which is crazy and it's garbage (laughs) you know Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've had like those, like the geo cities and, you know, stuff like that Like was messing around. That's when I started getting into like tech stuff. And I was like, I'm going to create a website, you know? And then I created a website and it had like this 200 and something long, you know, digit extension, you know, yep, yep. <laughs> and then I, it was before I had like a domain, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to create this free website. Cause you know, and use their tools yep. and make it look cool. And then I'm like, oh, here's the name for it. You know, geocities.com slash this word yep. slash this word slash dot dot underscore zero two, you know, like a long 
like, how am I supposed to share that? You know? <laughs> and, then, and then like, it was crazy though. It was like people, like a lot of people just didn't have websites. A lot of bands didn't have websites. And then, so it was like the early two thousands and I was in like a hardcore punk group and you know, we had like, we could get shows locally a little bit, but then we had a website and all of a sudden we were able to go on tour. It was like, and it was just like some crappy angel fire site that I built myself, but, but like you send that to a venue and they would be like, Oh my God, this is a legit band because they got a website. We got to like, we'll (laughs) we'll get them. And so like, we were able to like schedule ourselves a little tour and stuff. And it was all just because we were early adopters of the internet. It was insane. Yeah. That that was like the, like the good old days of the web, you know, when you when you could manipulate it to you know fit your needs now it's like everybody has a website like almost yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy internet is like i mean there's probably like you know i don't know five-year-olds out there with their own website i don't know yeah. little kids just posting stuff i know my my daughter she's 12 and she has a youtube channel and it's like you know it's gaining some popularity and you know she does her own little art and animations oh, cool. and stuff on there and and um, she has her own little characters she made and and she has them doing different things, acting out things. And and she does it all on her phone. She like does has this little like whatever animation app on her phone. And it like, you know, she just sits there and it she does that for hours, you know, creating like some kind of little little furry characters, you know, little cat people and stuff. Cool. And they're like, you know, so it's like, you know, there's all kinds of stuff out there. But uh so you're you're a musician also? Yeah, barely. Um you know, I <laughs> I would say like my um you know, in back into high school uh and my college years, I was like heavy into music, like really like I'm going to be in a band, we're going to play all the time and like it was really like a huge focus of my life. And then now it's super back burner. Like we still like I still get together with a, a drummer and a bass player and we rent out a rehearsal space, but we haven't played well COVID COVID's been a large part of that, but we haven't played out in a few years. You know, mm. but um we still get together and make music. Um a lot of like punk rock noisy stuff. Um and then I also like write um sort of I don't know what to call it, like almost corny techno music on my own um just like with mm. with like garage band and uh, like I, I love like it's it's like one of my favorite like procrastination techniques like as like before i do my daily art i'll like yeah. kind of like zone out to just like writing little drum beats and stuff and then um i need to learn how to do that because i've been kind of doing some of that stuff lately um well i mean for a long time but i i have an ipad right here that is always open on GarageBand, and like I don't. I mean, it, it's the easiest for me to use to just throw down a quick beat, yeah, to get that tempo for when I'm playing something else, either on guitar or on the synth. And I'm like, I just want to have help me keep time, you know. But I want to be able to. I've tried the FL Studio and all these other programs, and I'm like, I don't understand them very well. And I, I want to create, like, if I had a just a drum set right here. 
I could get that beat that I want. That's going to go with the, whatever else I'm adding to it. But like, I I'm like, there's gotta be a better app to create a good drum. Like not just the, uh, not just the constant beat. Cause that's all I can do with this. It's like, I hit the play button and it plays this beat, but it doesn't change when I want it to change. Oh, like, right. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. I mean, maybe it can, I just don't know. Yeah, how I don't use the, do I that. don't use the mobile version of garage band ever. I use like the Mac mm. desktop version, which I like a lot better. It's very easy to like make changes and stuff, but I, I I'm sure that stuff's probably built into the mobile version now too. It's just like a little trickier. And, and I have like, this is like an iPad two, So it's like really <laughs> old and I can't like yeah. get, I've, I've never bought like a Apple product in my life. And I ended up coming across this one because I run a computer repair store. So like yeah. I had to buy products and I actually had a storefront and I used to sell stuff. So I would get like refurbished items that I could sell. And this was one of the items I had that I got through a distributor, um, I sold the other ones that I had and I was, I ended up having one left. Um, and I was like, I'll just keep it, you know, <laughs> like I'll just, just, and then I set up garage band, but now it's, it can't update or anything. You know, it's yeah. like, we can't update to this new version of garage band because you know, it's not supported. I'm like, Oh, great. I'm not going to buy a thousand dollar iPad just so I can mess around with one program. Cause I don't know. That's just me. I'm not an Apple guy. I'm a, I'm a PC windows. <laughs> yeah i was it was funny in college i was i was the one pc guy um mainly because that was where i could get my software for free it was on a pc like with you know uh whatever sort of file transfer soul seek or whatever that we were using back then <laughs> uh share software with people um but then uh yeah. And then eventually I forget what happened where I ended up getting a Mac. And then like, I think it was with, I think my job, he gave me a Mac, my first job out of college. And I was like, okay, I'll try this. And then, um, hmm. I kind of, I, I just really like the operating system at, at, at the end of the day. I hate the price yeah. tag. I hate the fact that, you know, there's little flexibility with yeah altering it, <laughs> but um, I really like the smoothness of the operating system. I mean, and it's, you know, there's millions of other people that like it the same way, you know, like, or, you know, just like you do. And it's, you know, obviously it's, you know, a good product and they've been selling a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a, I'm a tinkerer kind of person. Yeah. So like, if I can't take it apart and like, and I have taken Macs and MacBooks and iPads and all that stuff apart and repairing an iPad is, is a nightmare, like <laughs> literally a nightmare. Like it takes way too much time. Um, if you don't have the exact right tools, yeah. if you don't invest like thousands of dollars in equipment to be able to do the job, right. Then you're basically doing this tinkering kind of, you know, uh, shade tree mechanic types repair, you know, and, and I've seen a lot of crappy Mac or, uh, iPad repairs and I've done several of them myself when I was just starting out, uh, I ended up getting kind of good at it, um, with somewhat decent equipment, but, uh, the newer models kept coming out and they kept got, getting harder and harder yeah. to fix. And I'm like, I'm not going to every 
year to change my whole shop layout and get all new stuff, you know, invest thousands of dollars to try to fix and keep up when I can, you know, especially in the small town that I live in, you know, it's like, there's a lot of people with iPads, I'm sure, but, um, it's just, I can take apart a windows based laptop or desktop in like five minutes and have it diagnosed and figure out what the issue is and replace parts and then quickly go online and order the parts and swap them out, you know, but like, there's like no equipment needed except for like a screwdriver, yeah. and, you know, a few other and, specialty things I got. And I totally think yeah. that's the way it should be. Like, especially like if you're buying a product and you own it, you deserve the right to take it apart and repair it yourself. Like that's, yeah. that's just, well, that's the, the, the right to repair act of yeah. like 1974, yeah. you know, like they've been pushing that, but it was so hidden for so long that, you know, even, Apple had to admit that they weren't, uh, you know, making products that you could, you know, they were saying like, no, you can't fix it. Like you can't fix this product yourself. You need to bring it to an Apple certified repair facility, you know? And there was like other companies that were doing that as well. But like there's other companies like Dell products, like they, they, they on their website, they will put the documentation on how to take apart every one of their products, you know? And like, how to replace a hard drive or the RAM or, you know, all this different stuff and how to troubleshoot. Like they lay it all out to where it's so simple. And you're like, why isn't every other company doing this? I don't get it. It's because they knew about that right to repair act, you know, and it's also like in that same act, um, I forget which president signed it back in the day, but like um, it even basically whenever you buy a, a, a new device, a new electronic device, They'll have those stickers on there, void warranty if sticker is removed. Technically, those stickers are illegal and those companies can't put them on there. And it's written out in black and white in that Right to Repair Act from 1974. Like it, it but they get away with it. They have been doing it for, you know, yeah. the past couple decades or several decades since then. And it's like, you know, people don't know about it. So I used to I had posters in my shop, you know right to repair act, you know, supporting, you know, all this stuff. And you have the right to repair your product if you buy it, you know, um, and, and it doesn't cut the warranty. If you buy a product and you take it apart and you can't fix it, you can put it back together and send it back to the company if it's within that warranty period. Yeah. And, and they have to fix it like, <laughs> and it didn't void the warranty by opening up. But so that was the whole thing. But yeah, like, um, Anyway, I mean, the uh, the the whole electronic thing, I fix Windows based computers. It's just it's, it works for me. I don't I, that's what I'm trained in, I should say. Like, I you know, I went to school for uh, basic PC and um, OK, yeah, you know, so like PC repair, you yep. know, and, and got certified and all that. Um, I did that while I was still uh, active duty in the Marine Corps uh, and, and I got my whole school paid for. So no student debt no loan debt or student loans, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, um, shoot, it's, we're coming up on another hour. Um, let's, let's go ahead and and wrap this up. Uh, it was awesome getting to talk to you finally. Um, uh, the, I want to like, go ahead if you can like tell people where to find you and to find your art. Um, I will post the links and stuff. Um, on the description of the the site or uh, 
the podcast description. Um, yeah, when I, when I publish I it, I think if you if you search for "Cats Will Eat You" on any popular social media platform, you can find me, catswilleatyou.com. Um, I had to go with catswilleatyou underscore art at Instagram, but every other platform, I'm just straight catswilleatyou. Someone's camping on my Instagram handle, which is so annoying because they're not using it, but I'll get it back someday. Oh man. But, yeah, just just look for cats will eat you and you'll find me. Cats will eat you. So uh is there a uh history oh, behind the name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should have covered that earlier, but we um Yeah, we still got we got so time back, if you if, if Yeah, it's, a, it's not it's not a great story, but it's kind of funny. But um so back when I was in college in graphic design school, our our teacher who everyone couldn't stand lived alone with his cats and was telling us that he saw a special on animal planet where somebody died alone in their apartment and nobody found them. But when they finally did the owner's cats had begun eating, eating away at the corpse and that, that your pet cat will do this to you. And it was just, really funny to me that this guy that we all couldn't stand was living alone with his cats was telling us this and i like and you know i was a little younger a little more twisted humor than i have now and i was just like i i was like in stitches laughing like i fell out of my chair and then i i like for some reason i was like i gotta buy the i gotta buy the url right now cats will eat you.com buying it today (laughs) i had no intention of um of like uh you know attaching my art to it at the time i think but like you know like like then i i quickly after that i made like an oil painting of like cats eating a person and i was like oh i was like oh okay yeah like and then and then i was i was like started using cats will eat you as like a handle on like message boards and reddit and stuff and like i was like okay and then it just kind of i just kind of always picked it and then um you know i think probably a couple years after buying the url was when i actually like built the website there and like started putting art images up and started using it but yeah <laughs> that's awesome man that's a that's a good uh, like origin story kind of the, yeah yeah or the name you know like that's like me with the wormhole thing I just uh, that? that was a when I worked for Boeing for a while like the um, somebody said wormhole in a meeting one time and I was just you know always talking about crazy stuff like you know quantum physics and you know like traveling through space and whatever and and when the person said it in the meeting they said you know you can't just do this things don't just appear like out of a wormhole or something and i like fell out of my chair when he said wormhole and then after that everybody was like just calling me wormhole it just like (laughs) struck and and it's so surprising too because like i mean i've always loved the idea of the whole like einstein rosen bridge and traveling through space and time at you know saving time by going through a wormhole you know like i've always been thinking about it and I was like, and it just became a, a thing. I was, tr- I was, when I first started learning how to use Photoshop, I started making like fake album covers of just like me sitting with like an acoustic guitar, you know, and like I would make this album cover and it was like wormhole, like whatever, you know, like I had like guns and dinosaurs and all this weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it just it kind of stuck and then um i don't know like and it just and then i added a 42 to it from uh hitchhiker's guide to the okay. galaxy for my streaming uh my gaming channel um you know 42 is the li- the answer to life the universe and everything kind of thing douglas adams tribute so okay I was like, oh, yeah, wormhole 42. <laughs> Let's just throw that on there. But uh, yeah, it's it's cool to have those and have that little like, you know, extra layer, that persona, you know, that you can put out there and like people will attach, you know, you know, like you for you, like your artwork, yeah. you know, and it seems to fit like perfect because nobody else out there. Speaking of cats, mine's trying to get into my server. Um. Cat, you threw me off. <laughs> um, yeah, like nobody else is going to have that name. Right. You know, right. so I'm sure there's other wormholes out there. When I was brewing beer, I, I, I wanted to make wormhole brewery, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and I and I even made a like a couple, you know, accounts for it. I made a Facebook page and I uh, a Twitter account and all this stuff. But then I stopped brewing. So I was like, I, oh, I also went down that wormhole of home brewing for a while. It's fascinating. It, it's, it's, it was super cool. It, it is definitely fun to learn all that stuff. And I've got like a book of like all my notes, yep. you know, yep, like I a little too. notepad of all the different recipes I created and stuff. And I even have a like a, a I, I won a brew fest thing yeah. one time uh, and I've got like the little got like this boot shaped glass with like it's all engraved and stuff, you know, and uh, it, it was fun. But I was I was a big alcoholic so like i just couldn't keep doing stuff that was basically killing me you know like i was i wasn't brewing really for the fun of it i just wanted more beer you know like i wanted to have lots of cool stuff and it was like a persona of like i wanted to make really good beer but the the truth behind it was like i wanted to have lots of beer so i could always be drinking (laughs) you know and and even when i stopped brewing beer like it, I spent way more money on at the liquor store, you know, cause I was still buying all the other good ones that I like from all the yeah. other craft breweries. And, and then I was just buying fifths of different vodka and all kinds of stuff just to, you know, get through the day. But I was like, yeah, it, I, it's crazy. For me, it was like, um, I think our, our youngest started toddling around and like, so for me to be outside with, you know, large kettles of boiling liquid um oh like it's just not a good environment for a kid like they wanted they wanted like our youngest wanted to be around me all the time and so it's like oh i'm just gonna be unavailable most of saturday morning (laughs) and it's just like you know it's it's a really time consuming hobby like yeah it is it's a half day project (laughs) there's no way around (laughs) it it was fun though when I had those like brewing kind of party thing, you yep. know, you have a bunch of people come over and like a bunch of dudes that are interested in learning how to brew. Oh, you yeah. know, they're Total like blast. people from my work were like, You're gonna be brewing? I'm like, Yeah, I'll brew this weekend. Come on over, you know? Yeah. And you end up like just brewing and drinking. You know? yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like Total Blast. Yep. Okay, so everybody out there listening, uh, you can you can find uh Matt here at uh Cats Will Eat You. Um, I think you have, a, don't you have a link tree also link tr.e? Yeah. 
and I think that takes you to some links. But yeah, um, everybody uh, support artists. Um, go out and check out some of his stuff, and it's really cool. Um, I love looking at it. The 3D ones with the circle, like I, I don't understand how you do that, but I just I'll sit there and just stare at like every time you post a new one in like the the Discord or something, I'm like just sitting there looking at it for like it's like it really like draws you in. Yeah, I don't know how it's they, like uh, I don't know how I do it. Either hypnotizing. Sometimes. <laughs> but man, I, I really appreciate you being on here and taking the time to uh, let me talk to yeah, you. Yeah, thanks and, for being and, flexible. Um, and finally, yeah, finally worked out for us. Yeah. So uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in. You can. Uh, oh wait, where's my other stuff? Oh, uh, I have a link tree also for the Wormhole Manifest podcast, but uh, and it has all the links to the social linktr.ee forward slash wormhole underscore manifest um and on twitter is worm fest pod <laughs> nice short condensed worm fest pod so uh, if anybody's interested check that out for links and stuff if anybody wants to be on the show um you can send me an email wormhole manifest at gmail.com we don't have a website like we were just talking about websites for everything and uh the last podcast i did with my wife several years ago i actually created a website for it and it was like really fun to create the website so maybe i'll do that i'm, I'm just i'm trying to focus more on the uh the content with this with this show so uh but yeah uh matt thanks again man yeah, thanks matt. Um, it's been really cool yep <laughs> matt matt <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody uh stay tuned for more episodes coming soon uh hopefully i can get this one posted relatively quick um Shouldn't have any issues. I ain't got shit else going on. So, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for checking out the Wormhole Manifest podcast. We'll see you next time.